This is my favorite blanket of all time. I got my favorite tea. I have a very comfy hoodie on. Candles. I got some of my D&D stuff. My phone. So I can make sure we're not going to get interrupted during our very important discussion. And I also want to sh show you some art. I figured it would be better since... Again, this is not really uh, a roleplay in that I'm plain, airplane, pretending, because this is not pretend, this is all, I'm truly telling you all of this, and so instead of like showing you pictures on my phone, I will put them on the screen so you can see them because um, I already got so much art commissioned of my characters. Okay. So, let's get into it. I know you want to hear all about my Dungeons & Dragons character. I know, I know. <laughs> um, it's basically the most self-indulgent conversation ever. If you ever want to just be the nicest person alive, ask somebody about their D&D character or about their D&D campaign. Just like so nice of you <laughs> because I care. I want to hear about it. So let's start with let's pretend you don't know what Dungeons and Dragons is. 
feel like everyone's heard of it, but most of the people in my life, they're like, okay, like, I know what it is, but I have no idea what it is, or how you play, or what the point is. Like, do you win? Do you, like, what do you do? And I'll try to explain it in very simple terms. If I will absolutely get things wrong, so don't let that bother you. If you hear something that I say is incorrect, don't worry. It's a tabletop role-playing game. A lot of people, you know, they do play it in person. That's probably like what you've seen. And like, I think Stranger Things probably gave it a lot of new light. Um, obviously, Critical Role is huge. Um, you can play it in person. Um, but you can also play it online, so I've been playing it online, and there are some platforms, uh, the one I use is Roll20, and then there's also D&D Beyond, very good for building your characters, I think that's, I think D&D Beyond's like, that's the official one. So Dungeons and Dragons is made by a company, and they have, like, official rules and official books. So that's like these books here. Um, this is the player's handbook. And this is the rules, kind of. With Dungeons and Dragons, typically you will need a dungeon master or a game master. Um, I think specifically Dungeons and Dragons call the Game Masters Dungeon Masters, and the Dungeon Master is running the game. They know all of the information of the story. They play all of the, like, characters that you'll run into, or the creatures or monsters or villains that you'll be fighting. The Dungeon Master does that, and makes decisions, kind of on what happens when the players are deciding what to do. I'm not explaining this great, but who cares, right? I'm sure you could just Google it for a much better explanation. Anyway, all the rules are in here, and essentially what you do, if you're a player, I'm going to talk mostly about being a player, is you create a character. And usually you're creating a character with a, a campaign in mind. So, I call a campaign the, okay, picture Dungeons and Dragons. It's like a very intricate, choose-your-own-adventure, interactive movie slash video game that's not a video game. <laughs> and Dungeons and Dragons has published like adventures essentially that are already pre-written and prepped and there there are like established this is what happens, these are the characters, this is how powerful the characters are. Um, the 
this is what happens if you do X, this is what happens when you do Y, this is what happens when you do Z, with obviously a lot of room for improvisation by the dungeon master. We were playing one of those adventures, our very first adventure, um, it's a very popular one that a lot of people have played before, and it's called The Lost Minds of Fandelver. So we actually picked this one because we were using a professional game master. Um, I will ask if he wants his information uh, put in this video. I'm sure he does because he's amazing. I also, I don't gatekeep. I don't gatekeep. And I, I really want to gatekeep him, okay? Because I don't want his schedule to fill up. But God, he deserves it. So I can't gatekeep, so I'm just saying I want to gatekeep this information, but I will not because... Um, anyway, professional game master that we found via TikTok and, um... My cousin, James, I'm sure you've seen on my channel, actually found him, and we had been talking about playing Dungeons & Dragons together for so long because it's very up our alley. We love, 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 like, we do a lot of cosplay, we do the masquerades, skit writing, acting, improv. Um, it just seemed very up our alley. He was like, I found this professional dungeon master. You can literally hire him. He knows how to play. He can teach us and we can have a campaign. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. So it is me, James, Ben, my husband, and River um, in a campaign. It's the four of us. Um, and we picked the adventure, The Lost Minds of Fandelver. Because the description made it sound like it was a classic what you think of when you think of Dungeons and Dragons. It takes place in the Forgotten Realms, which I guess I can best describe as like like a, a, a setting, I would say, like a story setting. I think what the Forgotten Realms is, it's like an, uh, an alternate, not even an alternate reality, it's like a reality next to ours that we don't know exists, and like that's why it's called the Forgotten Realms. Again, you can google it, you'll get the better answer for it. But it's a place where there is a lot of magic, and dragons, and uh, elves, and dwarves, it's like Lord of the Rings, big Lord of the Rings vibes obviously took insane amount of inspiration from it. Clearly, the people who made Dungeons and Dragons. You can look it up again. I'm not here to talk about the origins of Dungeons and Dragons. It's not a history lesson. But anyway, picture like you're in like a, basically like a medieval setting. Put it at that. Magic. Elves. And the story is that you are part of an adventuring party, 
that is hired to escort a cart that has like supplies in it, but you don't, it's like kind of like, you don't really know what's going on. You're just like hired to escort this cart from one town to another. You just need to get it there safely because you know, there's thieves, bandits and stuff on the, on the roads. And so people in this realm, you know, they'll, they'll hire some muscle to make sure that their stuff doesn't get stolen or ruined or they don't want to get attacked. So of course you get attacked. Um, you're hired by a dwarf named Gundren Rockseeker and Gundren was supposed to be right ahead of you. You're headed to a town called Phandalin along with a another character named Sildar and all of this shouldn't be too spoilery. This is all like, this is like the hook. This is the first thing. And so you're escorting this down to Phandalin when you come across Gundren and Sildar's horses in the middle of the path and they have, they're dead and um, they've clearly been ambushed and attacked and dragged away. You don't know if they're alive or dead. And you're like, uh, Oh my god. And that's where the adventure starts. So, The Lost Minds of Phandelver is the title of this adventure. And this adventure contains a ton of side quests and like a big overarching main quest um, that you can play like in any order depending on what you're trying to do. Since it was our very first time playing, um, creating the characters was very intimidating just in that we didn't know what to expect or what we would need or what any of the different like class types like did. So it was a lot of reading. And for me, I was looking up all the lore I could find on, like, the universe that we were in. So I was looking up everything on, like, the Forgotten Realms and all that stuff and trying to, like, get a grasp of, like, where are we in this adventure so that I can make a realistic character. And, you know, like, in a video game, you know, you have to create a character page, like The Sims. I spend... I spend so much time in the character creation part of video games and in Dungeons and Dragons you can do as much as you want. You can do as little as you want or you can go in. So I went in but um, since this was a common like beginner adventure for Dungeons and Dragons players. There was actually a couple of pre-made characters that you could just pick from and they gave all the stats and like a little background blurb and all that and they're basically like, if you have no idea where to go, pick one of these characters and you can play with them. And so my group, we were kind of like, well, if they're telling us this is kind of what we need for this adventure, 
let's just each pick a character and take the important parts, but then make the rest of it your own. So there was like a human fighter character and Ben picked him. He made him a him. And then James wanted to be a rogue. And I believe the pre-made character was a halfling rogue, but he made him a tiefling rogue. And I'll talk about this, don't worry. And then there was a, a dwarf cleric and a, an elf wizard. So I thought I was going to play the dwarf cleric and I had like, I started writing out my backstory and all that jazz. But then I started reading about the wizard and each of these had like a little backstory in them. So my little backstory was like, you're an elf wizard who heard from this god, Ogma, the god of knowledge that like he wants you to restore this shrine and if you and if you do like you know he'll reward you and that was essentially the background blurb in the forgotten realms at least in dungeons and dragons we'll say the gods are very prominent um it's definitely like greek mythology vibe like polytheism in that like it's not like people believe in God or don't like in this realm. It's like, oh no, the gods are real. Like we can see them. They're just like more powerful beings that live on different planes. Like even the the Greek gods canonically are, are like a part of it too, which I will get into. So yeah, so like this god, Agma, one of the gods of knowledge is like, yo, restore this shrine for me. And, you know, I'll reward you. And as I was reading through the characters, River is very busy and doesn't like to read a lot in terms of, you know, when she played Hades, the video game, and I played Hades, she just like ran through every room and didn't talk, she doesn't talk to anyone. She gets back to the house of Hades. She just goes to the next run. She doesn't even talk to anyone. Okay, it's heresy. Anyway, I really like deep diving, reading a lot, knowing everything. Just like getting in there. And so, from what I was reading, wizards were pretty complicated. And to be fair, now, I think, like, clerics are pretty complicated, too. But Ben was the same. He didn't want to complicate a character, and neither did River, for his first time. And so he took the fighter, and I'm like, oh, we don't really need, like, we need, a, I, in my mind, I'm like, we need a cleric, we need, like, a healer. And so I was like, River, you play the cleric, I'll play the wizard, because the wizard characters are supposed to be... So there's different classes. I could probably read to you the classes, but basically there's like more like knights and fighters, like that kind of style. Then there's like spellcasters. And a wizard is a spellcaster that learns magic through reading and studies. So they're nerds. 
are supposed to have like high intelligence. So there's different like skills. Um, they're not called skills. It's called yeah ability score. So so wizards are spellcasters that learn magic by studying, and that appealed to me because I knew that I like GB would do a lot of reading a lot more than River wanted to do. So I could play a character who is more of like a knowledgeable, maybe like know-it-all type. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'll just like lean into my role here. I'll play the elf wizard. You play the dwarf cleric. I've already looked up a bunch of stuff about it. So like I can kind of guide you on like how to build your character. And she was like, thank God. James was playing a rogue, so the class is, like, slick, <laughs> like, almost like a, like a, like, think of, like, a pickpocket, sneaky, quiet, stealthy, that kind of vibe. So you have, like, your race and your class. So I was playing an elf wizard. And James was a tiefling, which is like a demon person. Essentially, like someone in your family tree had like messed around with a demon perhaps or been cursed by something or whatever. And then like someone comes out a tiefling and they've got like horns and a tail and stuff. And Ben was a human fighter and River, a dwarf cleric, and then so clerics are, they're like half spellcasters, half melee, I guess. Um, the thing with the clerics is that they worship, or like, they like extra worship one god, and that god gives them powers with which to like perform duties and go on quests and stuff, so that's how, like, they have their magic. So it's time for me to think about my character. It's time for me to think about my character, and good god, I got so invested. So I looked up a bunch of stuff about elves, so much, and I think even in the character sheet, it said that the character was supposed to be a sun elf. Otherwise, I don't remember how I came about that. But I decided to be a sun elf. And I was looking up where elves were from in the Forgotten Realms. And there's a couple different types of elf. Long story short, I heard about an island called Evermeet. And it was where a bunch of elves lived. Majority sun elves. And this island was totally removed from, like, the main continent, Faerun. Nobody but elves were allowed on there. In this world, like, elves live a really long time, like, 400 to 600 years, I think. And, like, humans live, like, normal time like, 70 to 90 years. I think dwarves live a little longer. Elves live a super long time, and so, like, their shtick 
is that they're pretty like aloof, calm, they're like no rush, they kind of look down on like stupid little humans kind of thing. I think they believe in reincarnation, but it's so I'm, I'm like, okay, we have like this smart nerd elf, maybe he's from Evermeet. And he's never not been on, like, in Evermeet, like, over on this island that is so far, so far from the continent in which these events are about to take place. And so I was reading, reading, reading about elves, and I come across this article from, like, 1990-something about elves. And in this one article, I think it was like for the Dungeons and Dragons magazine or something, there was a line that said that elves can experience this phenomenon called theremin. I like to say it in a very American accent, whatever. T-H-I-R-M-I-N. T-H-I-R-A-M-A-N. Theremin. Basically, it's like, if you're a Twilight fan, it's like imprinting, but this was written first. So elves, they like, they'll get married, they'll like have a kid, um, they'll fall in love and stuff, they like, from what else I read, they, you know, have a lot of like relations, but they don't, it's like super casual to them, they like don't care. In like one of the articles, it was like, it's like hanging out, reading a book, they don't care. Some elves would experience theremin, which is like an instant, like soulmate, I guess. When you like lay eyes on each other or something, you like have be like a soulmate. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's fun. I love a good like love story. But with some curse or ritual, it appears that maybe like some type of cleric or whatever, you could intentionally sever the theorem and the bond. I think it was like a string, I guess. You can intentionally sever it like maliciously. And once the bond is severed, you don't have any feelings for the other elf anymore. And so the elves would like solemnly just kind of move out and whatever, but they would have no interest in restoring the bond again because the feeling is no longer there, so they don't have that desire to fix it because they don't feel anything anymore. It's very sad. And I was like, oh, that is compelling. I love that. I took this from a 1990 article. It's not mentioned anywhere else ever again. And I took that and I was like, that is what's going to happen to my character. I don't remember how I came, like, I don't remember in what order I came up with all of this, besides the fact that I, like, found that article, and then I was like, yes. And I found about, about Evermeet, and I was like, yeah. So here is the background. So his name is Barathir, and I got his name... 
from online. It is a website called angelfire.com. Okay. And so I was looking up like the prefixes and suffixes and stuff to like find a fun name. And then I gave him a last name. And what I decided was that his family, his like blood relatives, would be like prone to getting theremin, like soulmates. So like their family in particular, everyone expected to get one. And their last name in Elvish was like Uesa Undlin, Uesa Undlin. So it was like heir, heirs to the lover's kiss, right? But then I translated it into like a common, which is like the commonly spoke language. Translated that into love child. So his name's Barathir Love Child. So he grew up in Evermeet. He was super smart, basically, think like valedictorian, know it all, very cocky, not necessarily cocky, but like very confident. Um, very, very good at magic. And in particular, he has an interest in, he was in the school of conjuration magic. There's a bunch of different schools of magic that you can choose for your character to like specialize in. There's like necromancy, divination, illusion. I think most people pick ab abjuration. I think it is. That's like attack magic. I picked Conjuration. Again, can't really remember why. I know I had a reason though. But Conjuration, you like conjure something, obviously, from nothing, really. There's like transmutation magic where you would change something into something else, but Conjuration is like you literally pull it out of nothing. Pretty much. I'm explaining it simply. But they also do a lot of like teleportation. So, Barathir, my little little buddy. They have very long, like, adolescence because they live for so long. So basically, they're, they turn into young adults around the age of, like, 100. And I read this in an article, too. They, like, have an, an epiphany around age 100, and then they basically turn from a child into an adult. So I had Barathir, like, have his epiphany early, like 85, so he's like 85 years old, but they're like, they age so slowly, so he's still like very young looking, like they're like little toddlers and like little children for so long. So when he's 85, he has his epiphany, and that is when he connects with Agma, this god who's not an elf god, and he's kind of like, why is Agma like connecting with me in this epiphany? Whatever. And he's like, okay, cool, 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 like god of knowledge, that makes sense. And, you know, he's called to do uh, conjuration magic. And because he's like valedictorian essentially, when he graduates, he is like being honored at this, uh, at like some like council, whatever, and he has been 
assigned essentially to be the apprentice of a of like the best conjuration wizard on Evermeet. And their name is Tiathil, which I know I got from that one site. Tiathil means magic wing. And I'd like taken some notes and initially I just made them in um what's it called? <laughs> like pick crew. just became a young adult. So for 15 years, he and Tiathil are like living in the library essentially, being, he, he's learning so much from them and just, you know, studying and they're basically like, yeah, we're gonna be, we're such a power couple, literally. I think they're, they're very interested in like teleportation and that kind of stuff. And Parathir, like, fully believes that with the two of them together, like, they are going to, like, be in history books, they're gonna, like, make, like, huge changes to, like, ever meet, like, this is the reason why, like, he has a theorem and bond is because, like, it's basically both of their destiny to, like, better ever meet, and so ever meet is essentially a, like, utopia for elves, it's run so smoothly, everyone, like, contributes, it's so, like, at least this is what Barathir thinks, I don't know if that's actually true. Everyone is, like, very much encouraged to contribute, like, their gifts, like, to seek out what they're good at and use their gifts to contribute to the community and, you know, vice versa, you, it's very much, it takes a village mentality. He doesn't grow up in, like, a nuclear home with parents, and you grow up, but it's like, all the elf children grow up, and the people who are taking care of them are the elves who had the gift to take care of children, and, like, his parents are doing what their, like, their gifts are, and stuff like that. So anyway, Parathy is like, perfect, I'm meant to be the super powerful conjuration hot couple. Yay, everything's swelled, I'm so smart and successful until one day. One day, the theremin snip snip, and in the article it had said that elves who were connected via the soulmate bond could like telepathically communicate. So I was thinking, like, one day, the they're not together, the theremin 
breaks. And because it breaks, they can no longer telepathically communicate. And Tiafil is gone. Cannot find them. No idea where they are. And Parathir, who like, no longer feels anything. It's like emotional numbness, like flatline, cut off. Feels nothing for his mentor. But it also realizes, and like other elves realize, like, where is, where is Master Tiafil? Where did they go? Mm. But everyone's kind of like busy doing their own thing. And while most elves would just forget about the theremin, it's broken, no more emotions, move on. Barathir has a tendency trait to write everything down. Everything. He journals, notes, like archives, absolutely everything. And so he realizes what happens and he's reading through all of his notes. And he already knew that the theremin could, you know, be severed. That's like a known fact. And so he had already written out, like, Dear Barathir, if your theremin is to be severed, like, blah, 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 blah. He's like, you will feel nothing. You need to restore it. Like, it is worth your time. This is your calling. Like, you must do this. And he's reading back through all of his old notes and he's seeing everything where it's like, he and Tiathil are like meant to be. This is like what's supposed to be happening. Da, 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 da. And he puts all these pieces together, the very obvious pieces. And he's like, listen, I might not like feel anything right now for this, this, this elf, but I trust myself because I am one confident know-it-all. And if I said this, then I trust my notes and I have to go restore this bond. So he kind of says to all the elves, like, hey, I'll go find Tiathil. This is, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'll be back soon. And so they're like, Barathir, you are so weak in terms of health. <laughs> you are, you, you could get, someone could sneeze on you and you may die. Be careful. And he's like, I'm fine. I have magic and I'm brilliant. And then so he asks the elves on Evermeet, whose job it is to, like, basically help people get transported off of Evermeet to other places. And he's like, can you help me get to Faerun? And they're like, yeah, that's our job, sure. Are you good, though? Like, you're gonna go alone? And he's like, yeah, everyone's busy doing their own thing, everyone has their calling, I, I got this, I am so confident. And then so they're like, okay, Barathir, like, what do you know about Faerun? And he's like, a lot because I read, but not a ton because I never really pictured that I'd have to go there. So they're like giving him a little crash course on Faerun and they basically say like, you need to, you, you know, you need to meet people over there. You Barathir hates being alone. It's one of his flaws is he won't be alone. And they're like, okay, Barathir. Fine, you can go over to Faerun because Agma, don't 
don't forget. Don't forget. Agma, the god of knowledge, gave Parathir a vision that said, hey, if you go restore this shrine, which is located in Faerun, I will help you with something. And so I wrote that in to be like, obviously Parathir thinks if he listens to the god of knowledge and he goes and restores that shrine, then the god of knowledge will help him find Teothil. So he's like, okay, I guess I'm going to Faerun because that's what Agma told me to do. So I'm guessing that's my next step. Logical, smart. So he's like, okay. Elves don't sleep. They trance. So they basically deep meditation for like four hours a night and the, instead of sleeping in like those trances, that's where he got the uh, information essentially from Agma to go to go fix the shrine. So yeah, he's like, let's go, let me bring me over to Faerun. And they're like, Barathir, you gotta be careful. Like, you are a valedictorian. You are a gem of Evermeet. We don't really want you to die. He's like, I'm fine. And they're like, look, we can hook you up with a really easy job. You'll be able to meet people. You'll get some pocket money. And you'll be able to get close to where you're trying to go, where Agma told you to be, to fix that shrine. Um, it's gonna go, like, right past where, where that shrine is, and it'll be great. And Bertha's like, thanks. So, he gets to Faerun, and he is pointed in the direction of Gundren Rockseeker, who these elves know is like looking to hire people. So he's like, hi, my name is Barathir. I would love to help you. And Gundren's like, yeehaw. Sounds good. And Gundren's like, I've also hired three other people. So you're gonna take this down with them. And that is the other three members of the party. So um, we have Ben's character, Gregor. He was like a 21-year-old, uh, like, dock, like a ship dock worker who got fired for, like, standing up for some injustice or something. So he's, like, very young, like, fighter, big guy, Gregor. Then we have the life cleric, Laslin, the dwarf, and she was supposed to be a cleric of a very serious, like, dwarven god, and that's how, like, her parents were bringing her up, because dwarves are very, like, do things for the clan, like, do things for the clan. But she was raised in a big city, ended up meeting some elves at a bar, like, all the time, and kind of opened her worldview, and they told her about this god named Alibal, who was the god of, like, revelry, essentially, like, and partying, and, like, drinking. And she was like, this is your god? And they're like, yeah. And she's like, ah, this is amazing. So when she was supposed to basically pledge her life to this dwarven god, instead, she's like, I'm pledging it to Alibal. And she runs away from her family. And then we have Rhodes, who was a, a tiefling rogue. And he was from this city that we're going to, Phandalin. And he was part of, like, a sketchy group called the Redbrands, who were basically 
doing illegal stuff, being like terrorizing people, stealing stuff, extortion, I don't know. But he did it just to survive. His like parents died in a fire. He's very ashamed that he's a tiefling. He has a twin sister who's not a tiefling and he doesn't talk to her, but he like sends her money. Angsty boy. It's us for going down. So super fun dynamic. We had so much fun right off the bat. Each session goes for three and a half hours or so. And we've had 15 sessions. And we just, we play weekly. Except for we've done a couple of weeks where we don't have a game. Because someone's busy or something. So, 15 sessions so far. And we finally finished. The Lost Minds of Phandelver. And it really just centers around this, I guess spoilers if you don't want to know, I won't say too much. This small rundown town called Phandalin, and it's getting terrorized by the Red Brands, and uh, a couple of like seedy underground people that are clearly running the town. And Gundren Rockseeker has, I think, that he has found the entrance to this long lost mine from like a thousand years ago or something, 500 years ago, I don't know. That was like, it had so much like material down there, like silver, gold, but there were all the stuff down there. And also had untapped, or tapped, extremely powerful, like, source of magic, essentially, like a faucet, where you would just have, like, really strong magic, and you could, like, make magical items so easily with this, which is, like, a huge deal. Um, and he was like, me and my brother's like, I think we found the lost mine, and obviously that's very, very valuable information. So Gundren gets kidnapped, a bunch of people want the mine first. It's basically our, the party's job to figure out what you want to do about that, essentially. So we had a really, really, really good time. Like a really good time. I really enjoyed it. And now we're gonna keep going to like basically jump forward in the story. Since I told you about like Parathir's setup, he did uh, restore the shrine, and Agma told him that he needed to seek out the wise, the wise old one in like wise in the way of the woods, and it's this whole thing. And Berthia has already discovered that it is the mentor of James's new character. So his initial character, Rhodes, um, he retired him by having him stay in Phandalin and be, like, the new, like, on the new council. Because we were basically trying, we would try to restore Phandalin and, like, take care of its citizens and stuff. And Rhodes like, I'm gonna stay here. And so James made a new character, a druid, 
And so Berthier has to now find, and he will probably, like, in the next couple of sessions, meet up with this mentor and get information or a spell or something. We'll talk about it. And then the other thing we found out, one of the big twists that our uh, GM did so well, I was surprised, which is funny because I'm very, like, <laughs> I was like, wouldn't it be cool if, like, XYZ happened? Like, da -da -da -da, and I write just, like, everything down. So, anyway, super awesome. What happened was the antagonist, I won't spoil or anything, the antagonist, the entire time was kind of like, we kept getting messages of, like, they want the elf alive. And Berthier was like, oh, of course they want me alive, like, <laughs> low-key flattered. And then we find out, face-to-face -face with this antagonist, that the antagonist is aware of the theremin bond. They want to take, essentially, the root of the theremin, which typically isn't a thing, but Berthier is like a unique case. Usually when it, like, is a clean break, it's a clean break, but something happened, and, like, Berthier still has, like, a little root, I guess we'll call it. So, antagonists trying to take the root and implant it, I guess, in themselves, maybe in somebody else, but assuming themselves, so that then they would be bonded with very powerful conjuration master Tiathil. And I was shook. I was shook. I, it was very dramatic, the reveal. And then I <laughs> took out a scroll of Fireball, and it was the first time I used Fireball. And I basically, Barathir was like, in so many words, over my dead body, and just like blasted the hell out of the entire room with like a giant Fireball. And the antagonist got away. So we don't know where the antagonist is. They ran. Coward. But they're like, we'll meet again. So dramatic. I loved it. Anyway. The reason that we're still going. So we finished The Lost Minds of Vandelver. Kind of. But now we're going through the storyline. So my, my goal, and people are telling me that I I want to get Barathir to level 20. That is my goal. So, ideally, um, there's like this big overarching adventure that culminates in, I was thinking, I was thinking vaguely that there's some drama going on on Evermeet that Barathir is, like, ignorant to. I kind of wrote in that Tiathil had another uh, apprentice that Barathir basically, like, whoosh, shoved aside. And I'm like, that could be a source of, ooh, maybe it was that apprentice It's like, jealous. Maybe it's like, You'd think it's them, but it's not. But I was thinking, like, eventually we'd have to go back to Evermeet and have, like, some crazy adventure there. 
and then find out that Tiathil is, like, being held hostage or was basically banished to another plane, another, like, realm of existence, another, another plane, essentially. And I'm like, if Tiathil is on, like, Arborea, which is the plane where the elf gods live, it's the same plane as the Greek gods, that's where Olympus is. So I was like, can we go have a freaking Olympus adventure on our way to find Tiathil level 20? And then we like take them home or something. I don't know how it's gonna work, but that would be epic. I would love it. I'm leaving out like 90% of, of information by the way, which is crazy. River's character, Laslin worshipping the god of drinking, you were like, what if your giant epic quest culminates in you have to come with to Olympus <laughs> to get Dionysus's cup and bring it to Alibal, like, hand deliver. That's very level 20. So we're thinking those would be sick and we're not sure whether Ben will make, Ben will probably make a new character eventually. And I'm not sure about James, but I'm very excited. I definitely lost pretty much everybody who doesn't play D&D. I did not explain anything. Well. But, yeah. That's Barrett there. Barrett there, love child. And I really like to play, I don't like to just like outright kill adversaries. I'm very interested in the story. I always want like our GM to tell us, like give us lore and dialogue. Like Ben's always trying to kill them. Like, cause he, you know, you're thinking of it as like a video game where it's like, oh my god, we're up against this evil person, like, let's just kill them as fast as possible. And I'm like, no, that's boring for me. I'm like, no, I need to know. Like, tell me who you are. Give me the drama. <laughs> so, um, I've enjoyed being creative with my spells. So, Barathir, I didn't even show you any art. Are you kidding me? I'm an hour in. I didn't show you any art. Oh my god. I could be putting them on screen this entire time. And I'll put the artist's name, but I might just make, like, an Instagram post or something. Golden, high, long ponytail, messy side bangs, sun elf. He has a really long, like, gold necklace, which is, like, inscribed with a note, like, magically inscribed. With, like, a love letter, basically, from Tiathil. 5'8", 140 pounds, slender, delicate little fingers, paper cuts. From reading through all of his books. He does not understand sarcasm well. He's very blunt. He will comment if you smell good or bad. He's missing a toe from... He kind of has like a childhood like bestie rival, Cora. And she's super smart. She went to like the illusion side of magic. 
anyway, he, like, lost a bet against her, and she, like, magically took one of his, like, his pinky toe, because that's what they bet, and it's, like, in a jar, and he's really bitter about it. He is super poised, always clean, but he loves trying new things. He doesn't really get scared or flustered. He's very, like, very curious, intrigued all the time. Asks a lot of questions has very weird social boundaries because he grew up in Evermeet with all the elves, so it's like he feels a little bit like alien-esque in Faerun. That's been very, very fun. I feel like I said most of the things that I wanted to say. If you have any questions about Barathir, please leave them below, especially if you made it through this whole video. What? If you made it through this video and you don't have any questions, I don't believe you. But I think that should probably be it. If you want me to make a video about anything else, I obviously will. I hope this video pops off. I hope you all want 10 sequels to this. I really should just with some ASMR stuff. It's actually what I wanted to do for so long, but I never knew how to play. And I was like, I can't learn how to play D&D right now. I don't have time and I know I'm gonna like it. And I know it's gonna suck up all my time. And I was right. I do an unholy amount of... <laughs> I spend so much time on Dungeons and Dragons stuff. I'm in another campaign too. Don't get me started. Let me know if you want to hear about Lord Grace. <laughs> My half-elf life cleric, Curse of Strahd. That's the other campaign that I said I didn't have time for. But I have tomorrow. <laughs> I have to let Ben back in the house. Thank you so much. I feel so much better just being able to ramble about Half of me hopes that you're asleep. The other half hopes we can keep talking about D&D, so let me know which one you are. Good night. Thanks for hanging out. See you next time.